being in a choir uh, situation um, makes you more sensitive to the people around you and makes you connect deeper to them by listening. And that's probably the greatest lesson I've learned. Singing for me has always been kind of cathartic. Like I can be feeling really crappy and pick up my guitar and just sing one song and try to give as much of myself to the performance as possible. It can really just shake things up emotionally for yourself and, and change your trajectory emotionally. So I think just, you know, just sing, you know, just sometimes when you're feeling a certain way, just sing and maybe it'll, it'll shift your perspective on what's going on. You're listening to This Is Why We Sing with me, James Sills. This is a podcast that celebrates the power of singing together. And today's guests know all about that. They are David and Nobu from Canada's Choir, 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 one of my biggest inspirations as a singing leader. For the last 10 years, they've been running inclusive, joyful, and ultimately life-affirming singing events in Toronto, across Canada, America, and across the world. For me, they've really helped redefine what a choir can be, and they've broken down the boundaries between performers and audiences in a really exciting way. If you're not familiar with their work, I suggest heading over to YouTube and watching a few of their videos, just so you know the kind of magic that David and Nobu weave every time they're on the stage. There's some links in the show notes to point you in the right direction. So in the conversation, we talk about a decade of choir, 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 about the humble beginnings and how as they freely admit, they didn't really know what they were doing when they started out. But this has really, really grown. It's gathered such momentum. They've collaborated with artists such as Rufus Wainwright and Patti Smith. Their videos are loved by people across the world and they've had over 55 million views on YouTube. David and Nobu put community at the heart of everything that they do. And this is a recurring theme in our conversation. We spoke over Zoom in early 2021 when the singing had stopped for almost a year. Myself in North Wales, David and Nobu over in Toronto, and this is what it sounded like. So you're going to be celebrating 10 years of Quiet, Quiet, Quiet. That's amazing, an amazing achievement. There's so much I'd like to talk about. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how it kind of came together in the first place? Because Choir, 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 for the people listening to the podcast, is not a traditional choir. You describe yourselves on your website as equal parts singing, comedy and community building, which I think is beautiful. So could you maybe just piece together a little bit how it came together in, in, in those you know, early, early days, early years? Yeah, it, you know, it, was, it started in a way that's, to me, the most natural, organic way, which was um, it, we came together because a group of friends just wanted to hang out, you know? Um, if we're going back a couple years before Choir, Choir, Choir officially was born, our very first experience was uh, doing a, an event at a friend's birthday, surprise birthday party. And we're friends with lots of musicians and artists. And I had been talking about starting a choir uh, to support my solo act, um, Mr. Nobu. And I'd, I had had like, you know, six people singing with me and that they, they constituted a thousand voices, you know, just <laughs> trying to dream dream up a version of, of, of performance where I wasn't so alone. And David worked down the block uh, at a brunch, a very popular brunch spot called Aunties and Uncles. Shout out to Russ. 
and um, and David was a very you know is very talented guitar player and singer who didn't play out very much, and so he was solicited to play guitar at this very small friend kind of gathering, and that's when David and I kind of connected. We knew each other, but we didn't know each other very well. Um, and then it was such a positive experience. It was so rough around the edges. Uh, we we sang Pilots' uh, Magic, the song Magic, and and it was just really fun. And uh, and then fast forward a couple of years, and after David and I kind of talked about, we you know when are we going to do that thing again? It just kind of happened. And and there was no plan. It was just a Facebook invite. It was the, the we told people like, hey, come out to this our friend's real estate office and. Uh, on February second of uh, what was it, twenty eleven, and and it's, and it's just like just come out and I you know played music all my life but never been in a choir or started a choir or knew anything about that. David, same same thing. You had been in a choir before, but we didn't know what we were doing. But you know, I that's what from- the conversation was. The conversation was like, what the fuck do we do? I love that because you came at this saying that there's this, there's this kind of thing we want to create. And we'll kind of work out how to make it happen musically, right? You know, we, we'll kind of join the dots. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you have the motivation to do something, I think that, that, that personally, my whole life has been informed by activities that you do with friends that turn into your job, you know? And it's like, I've been very lucky to have had many experiences that, that have happened to that. And, and this is another one. And it's the, the idea behind it is that if you're having good time with your friends, well, then other people, like-minded people, probably will want to join. But we hadn't even thought beyond our friend group at all, zero. But on the first night, it was the kind of it was a snowpocalypse of 2011. Uh, the storm, that's all you heard about on the news. Um, they were talking about bringing the army in to help <laughs> clear the snow. And so we thought, oh, well, no one's going to show up. Schools were closed. Schools were closed. No one was going to show up. But uh, about 25 people showed up. Of that 25, most were friends, but there were a number of people who had just heard about it. We did not know them at all. They didn't know anybody else there. And and the I Magazine, which was, which was a weekly in Toronto uh, newspaper, um, came out to take pictures. And and I told David on on the way to the venue, the venue real estate office, um, you know, uh, I I Magazine's coming along to. And he's like, why? And I said, well, they're they're just going to kind of record what we do. And he goes, we don't know what we do. We don't like, do how anything. Are they gonna, yeah, we don't we do anything. We just made a Facebook invite. I don't even know. That's all yeah, we did. And, then, and at the end of the first night, I mean, there was, it was like classic hang. You know, there's some beers, um, people hanging out. And uh, we had no plans to do it again, you know, in any, you know, like the next week. But people wanted to do it the next week. And then from that first night, we did... Um, Every Tuesday that year, and then and then the, we kept on moving to different venues because we kept on getting larger and larger and larger. Um, news spread like it was it was it was wild, and we kept on getting forced to to find new venues to to fit the uh, to meet the demand because it kept getting bigger and bigger. Well, it kept getting bigger and bigger, and the venues wouldn't fit us. And then we had like I remember uh, in February by the end of the 2011, by the time we were a few months in. We had this backlog of people that we refused to add to the Facebook group because we're like, if we add this like, you know, uh, avalanche of people to the Facebook group, we're not going to fit into the bar we had found, which we liked a lot. So we we had to start a second group. So we started a separate Facebook group called Quark 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 Two, and we did a, we added a second night. So then we had two nights, and we kind of kept them a bit separate, and they each developed their own personality and and we ended up doing two nights for eight years we did two nights a week in toronto and wow. and, uh, 
until we finally just couldn't do it anymore because we got too busy touring and doing other things. But I mean, we've done, you know, 1,500 shows. Wow. Yeah, I was looking at the, the song list on your website earlier that you've covered. That is a huge amount of songs. I mean, wow. But it's, it's like if you do something, if you do something every single week and then twice a week, you know, it's it's you For don't even years. think about it, and 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 you don't even think about um, the things you are learning along the way. You know, you can be really strategic. We started getting messages from people, you know, very clinical emails saying, "I want to start a business. I want it to be acquired. Can you tell me exactly what you do, how you do it, what are your arrangements?" There's all this stuff, and I was like, wrong. As far as I'm concerned, wrong perspective, wrong way way into into it. And I got some really angry responses based on my response to them. Because I'm like, A, it's, it's, it's about regularity, it's about being organic, and it's about feeling your way through it. Good luck, you know? And, and I, I meant that sincerely. And some people were like, you know, how dare you? And it was just, I was like, no, but it's about your personality. You want to infuse your personality into your group, just like your, your house parties have a personality. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be that it just they kept they kept they kept looking to us to tell them how to do it and we were like well we don't even know what we're doing just do it like just <laughs> you do it why do we need to tell we never no one told us how to do it and not that i think we do a, the best job it's just like somehow it just it just happened and uh it's been pretty interesting but i i know i think i think well certainly from what i've seen of you guys online i think obviously you guys are a big a big part of it in terms of like your personalities and the way that you work with the crowd because on, on the videos, like the YouTube videos, like, you know, are just uh, amazing. Like, if you ever need a shot of uh, joy, of joyful humanity, you know, I just, that's where I go to. But what, what we only ever see on YouTube is the performance, is the end result, right? So you've been working with these singers maybe for two hours on that night. Is that right? About the, that's the kind of time? An hour and a half. I said 90 minutes okay. with, a, with, with a break. The whole night sort of takes around two hours and then there's a dance party. <laughs> um and and what what you really see and what comes across is people just singing wholeheartedly, you know, and they're in a, a, a space where they feel so comfortable to do that, and and that only happens I think when the right um, environment is created, right? And there are so many parts I think to that. I think the 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 space, the physical space, is an important part of that. And you talked about the venues, but also the way that it's kind of facilitated and the way that it's led. I think it's really, really crucial because the thing that I'm interested in is how can we bring more people into this joyful space that we're describing of singing? And I think what you guys are doing just so so brilliantly is just that. You're kind of taking choir out of maybe its, its regular formal context. You're taking some of those trappings away, but you're keeping the core of what's important. Well, in the first, in the first year, we got a lot of attention, like in the first few months, like, you know, every sort of news publication, Nobu and I were on the news, we were in newspapers, we were, you know, there was a lot of attention in the first year that surprised us because we're like, well, I don't know what we really, what's, you know, we knew what we were doing was kind of special, but we, you know, we felt like, you know, we got a lot of attention, certainly in Toronto and then in Canada in that first year. And a lot, when that happened, a lot of more traditional or people that had been doing sort of, that have kind of choirs would reach out to us you know, almost as like, oh, we're, you know, you guys are part of this choral community. And, and, and I think like we intentionally, I mean, I know I can speak for myself. I was like, I have no interest in being part of the choral community. I've never wanted to be part of, I don't want choir, choir, choir to feel like a choir in any way that I've ever known it. I wanted it to feel like a, its own unique beast. And I think like, that's where Nova when I came in to really just be like, okay, how much of our personalities can we inject? So we, we kind of were like these lone, we didn't, 
we created our own community. We didn't want any, we did we just, it, it, maybe that was the wrong attitude, but I think it informed the way the Knights ended up feeling and became, I think it helped us. Um, in the end, it helped us a lot. I, think. I, 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 I think that, that, um, a big, big, big part of it is actually really simple, which is talking to people naturally and being completely true to yourself on stage in, in sort of in a public forum when you're kind of spotlit, kind of on stage, you know, and it's whenever I watch the news or traditional media, you know, or radio, they listen to radio and people are being overly careful about what they're saying so as not to offend, so as not to, you know, just take something in, in, in too much of one direction. Um, I don't know. It, it, it elicits, it, 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 it stands in the way of making a true connection. And if you come to our live events, especially our live events, um, David and I never script anything that we're going to say. I mean, there might be some things that we've been thinking about individually, but I'm always trying to surprise David with something that I might bring up, a subject that who knows where it's going to go. And he he's very spontaneous with what, what comes out of his mouth. And, and it, it, it's a full range of like sincere to really disgusting, you know, talking about our mothers. Like nothing is off the table. Um, and anybody who gets offended... You know, hey, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, um, it's not, we're not gonna be the right people for, you, for everybody, yeah. but we're being true to ourselves and being true to the idea that we want to talk to people the way that 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 we want them to talk to us, which is naturally, and it's not gonna always be the most eloquent sentence or thought, you know, but it's gonna communicate that honesty. It's a big, it's a big thing for me. Do you get a sense that people who come to your shows? this is the first time they've engaged in something like this, like in terms of like big group singing that they, you know, I don't get the impression that everyone who kind of comes to your shows is already singing in a choir and is already converted. Like, I think you're doing amazing, you know, kind of almost like missionary work, you know, converting to people to this idea that singing with other people is good. Could you maybe talk a little bit about that? Like maybe in terms of like your demographic? I mean, it's a mix. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. There's people that come to our shows who have never been out to a night to sing. And then there's people that come out to our shows who like have only ever been in choirs and think they're coming to like a more traditional choir. So it sort of runs the gamut. And then, and both could be hugely problematic in their own way. You know, you yeah. have one people, it'll be like <laughs> a gaggle of women who are coming for a bachelorette party. And they're like, <clears throat> I don't need to sing these lyrics. I can sing whatever I want. And like, this is just, I paid for a ticket. So why can't I do whatever I want? And you're like, Okay, like it's still a show, you know, you can't go to Cirque du Soleil and just sing along with the music and, you know, like they have to, there are some loose rules to what we do. And then there's people who like come from the more traditional choir world. And like when they come to our shows, I'm like, we sing in the, you know, church choir. And they're like a whole group of them. And they're used to like over enunciation and they're used to like singing a very specific way. Vibrato. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it's like really. the vibrato <laughs> and the over enunciation. And we're like, okay, who years from a choir? And they're like, woo! we're like forget everything you learned from being in a choir in the next you know two hours because like we don't want to hear it love it you know like and we're going to create our own vibe and that's kind of so you get you definitely get the range of people who have zero experience to too much experience in <laughs> choir I, I remember in the first few years we were we were at a at a bar that's unfortunately now closed called uh, no one writes the colonel 
and uh, the windows would be open, and so people would you know hear it on the street and walk into the bar. And the bar would actually be we didn't have a separate room, so we'd be like people who'd go to the bar on a Tuesday night and Wednesday night would have to listen to the same song being sung over and over again. We'd be singing over mojitos being you know crushed up. But there was um, somebody showed up, and um, he happened to be a backup singer for Nelly Furtado, and I guess they were in town or doing some sort of shows or rehearsals, and he was so into it, like he was so happy, and he talked to us afterwards so you know on one scale you've got somebody who's super pro who sees what we're doing and sees you know how positive it is and then you have somebody who has never sung around other people there and then and then they see the 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 rate the diversity of people's backgrounds and then you know from 19 because we usually do it in bars or now theaters as well for all ages shows but from 19 to 80s you know like there's there's a woman who would come a lot to Clinton's who has got to be push push like well into her 70s I would say well into her 70s blind um, she somebody brings her she stands at the front um, of course she can't you know we, we don't have time to make braille lyric sheets but she gets into it and you know it's like just incredible the range of people you'll meet at a choir 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 show because um, we advertise it as being no auditions and and then, and then the community is so strong that people have a, people have their personality strengths, you know. So certain people love to be greeters, so they n nominate themselves to eyeball the people who are coming in who look a little bit awkward because it's their first night, and then they make the, they bring them into the fold and they make them feel welcomed, you know. So it's for everybody. It's really yeah. It's really just kind of heartwarming, <laughs> but also intimidating for people. Definitely like intimidating oh, yeah, for, for people sure. more in a way that like. You know, no one I will freely admit that neither of us would have gone to choir, choir, choir if we didn't run the thing. Like, I don't think I would have been like, if there's like, there's two dudes on stage teaching you, telling, teaching you a song and you sing. And I'd be like, yeah, that's okay. I don't need to go to that. My like, caveat I, for that, whatever David says that is, is that David wouldn't join pretty much any club unless it's like a Rush Appreciation Club or you know, some prog rock related club. Sure. I mean, so it's, it's, you know, it's what it is, is it is, it's a, it's a gathering of people who are willing to do what, not necessarily what we're asking them, but of what is asked of them that night. And I think that, I think for people, they've taken that step to be like, I'm going to go into this bar, especially if they go alone. Some people have shown up alone. They don't know anybody. And they just are like, you know what? I moved to Toronto two years ago. I haven't made any close friends. I just, I just, I heard about this thing and I, I'm going to go to it. Like there's tons of people that we've met like that. And it really did change their life. Like it's people who uh, they met, it just opened them up to a whole new world. It was there. And uh, that's really, for me, really gratifying because that's not why we started doing it. I, I, we don't even know why we started. Like there's no, you know, so many things have happened because of choir for so many people. And it means a lot to me because uh, it just, you know, because it means a lot to them. That's, that's why, that's why it feels great it's changed so many people's lives. I don't think we realized just how it can be so hard for people. I mean, at least I, I don't think I realized to find that thing that makes them feel good. You know, that, that thing that, that they can do out, you know, not getting going out and getting wasted, you know, something, an alternative to that. And, um, and choir, choir, choir became a place that, that was a good home for, for people like that. I remember this one woman who looked like she, you know, would be a downtown city person, you know, looked like, totally stylish and and cool you know whatever that means and she, she she just came one time as far as i know and on her way out she just said to me i've never felt like i've belonged anywhere and, and, and but that changed tonight and i was like what you know that's 
that's wild to hear that um, because again, you know, it's all for David and I, it's through the filter of like, we didn't know what we were starting. We didn't realize until four months in how important this was to other people. It was just this fun thing that we were doing that had tons of momentum. So, you know, th that's the community part of it that really um, was overwhelming. And that woman was Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of her. Never heard of her. Um, and did you ever think that it would lead to, you know, some of the massive collaborations that you've done? I mean, out of all of them, the video that I keep coming back to is Patti Smith and people have the power. No clue. Yeah, no clue. No clue. I mean, we did like, I think about the first night when Nobu was like, iMagazine's coming to shoot and to see what we do. And I was like, we don't do anything. Like, I remember thinking like musically, like, this is not impressive. Like, I don't know what, you know, but it, it was so much more than that. But I, at the, that time, I we hadn't done it yet. So I was like, well, this is not like, an you know, musically, this is not an impressive thing. It's just people singing, which is emotionally maybe impressive, but not musically in the, in the, tr in the traditional sense. So it's like the idea of having someone like a David Byrne or a, what you know patty smith or people like that or colin hay to come and sing with like why would they want it you know that took like i think the first time we brought in someone from outside was three and a half years into what we were doing and even that person was like from a a, a band that we know a, a band called sloan is a, a well-known canadian band but they you know we were we know them so it wasn't like we had to you know it took a long time to get to that point so i mean we felt like we had earned it you know I, I don't think I, I don't I don't think we could have expected anything to, to happen. Like I th I think literally we didn't expect to do a second one the week after we started the first one, and so everything that's happened after that has been a surprise. And then it's I, I think at four or five years in, I think we realized even more like the confidence grows, you know, at a snail's pace, you know, and then and then we realized oh we can really do a lot of things here, you know, and I think that that's when the like our lights started and, going. And was off. this the point where you guys kind of really we're like, we need to lean into this. You know, maybe it was just like a peripheral project for you at first. And there's so many different, there's so many different phases to it. So I think that we were gaining confidence and, and, you know, I think for a while, you know, it was, oh, we can use, um, all, you know, we can, we can gather all these people and go to venues and create special events for us. You know, because we are the audience and we are the performers. So, you know, there was different stages of, of I guess, ambition mm -hmm. as we started to realize, you know, what we could do and, and how we could do it. And, and for me, part of it was you know, one of the early thrills was being able to play on stages, uh, bring people on stage. Because sometimes we would perform, you know, as a, as, a, as a choir for audiences, traditional audiences. And, uh, you know, Lee's Palace. So David mentioned Lee's Palace before. Um, a woman, our friend Edie, wrote us a letter saying, um, I never, uh, singing or being on the Lee's Palace stage was on my bucket list. Thank you for making it happen. So for a long time, you know, that was sort of part of the thrill, you know, and then fast forward to the thrill of getting to perform with a Patti Smith or a David Byrne or, you know, name, name the musicians, you know. And if I just pick up on something that, that David said, you said, you know, it's not particularly kind of complex musically or whatever but I'd, I'd kind of beg to differ in terms of like your arrangements david am i right in thinking that that you, you you do the the vocal arrangements right because the the real art i think in in you know bringing arrangements to voices is is kind of knowing what you want from it and knowing what's going to serve the people in front of you and just writing uh, you know enough to create that incredible kind of end result you know and there are so many um 
kind of choir arrangements that are just too complicated for the sake of being too complicated. Like the hand of the writer gets in the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing I think that that's just wonderful about your arrangements is that, that, that there's a real richness to them. Everybody's obviously having a great time singing their part, but it, it's also manageable. You can bring it together in two hours with obviously some intense um, cajoling from you two. And, and I think that in itself is, is a real skill. And is that something that you feel has like developed, like you're arranging like over time? When I talk about, you know, musically, how it wasn't impressive to, to think about, like at the beginning, like your question was, would you have thought that you'd end up on stage with Patti Smith? And certainly when we started, like musically to me, it wasn't something that would, what would a Patti Smith add, you know? But let's talk about that because at the very beginning, it was David and I in my living room playing the song and singing little parts to each other that we thought could be interesting to do recording those little like making little audio samples of those and things we, we would listen to, we would listen to on stage you know pulling the phone up to our ear to try to remember didn't write anything down and like that was the very beginning and then we graduated to david like obviously a huge strength of david's is is the musicality and um and then so he started recording demos um and then, you know, and then he really sort of just, it just developed from there. But we had so many fights on stage in the early days um, as we struggled to remember the arrangements. Um, things would change on the fly. You get 100 people to 200 people in a room. They start thinking that they know the answer. And sometimes they do. Um, but it was like, it was full. The first couple of years were just full chaos. We we're sweating up there. We used to do two songs a night, which was just bananas. And we were younger. You know, it was well. You're younger, but also we were we were just kind of battling it out, figuring out what sounded good. And I lost my David, voice. Remember, I lost my voice for like for like a month. I couldn't sing anything. David mastered the art of of figuring out like where one sequence will end and not having to do vocal calisthenics to get to the next note. He got re he's gotten really good at it. Just rolls into the next note, and it's almost like it's right there. You can touch it, and and so even if you're not deeply musical you know i think that we've figured out a way to make it easier for people and easier for us too it's still hard but it's it's yeah. easier yeah the trick is to create something beautiful that like that hopefully anyone with just a little bit of musical ability can do because like you said if it's too complicated like for example i remember early on we did wham freedom um which is a song that i've loved since i was a kid i mean and and uh we had we had such a great night and the next week we're like let's do something like even let's take it up a notch and remember we did the pointer sisters i'm so excited and the arrangement has like all these different things and all the syncopated stuff and it was just totally and again it was so not we were not excited <laughs> and, and then we got on stage and like it was way too complicated and people were like what the hell is this you know it was like we were way how too do you excited. say shit show yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I mean, the good thing about choir is that like at that time, you know, we're talking about, you know, there were 60 people in front of us or whatever it was at that time. And it was like, it was hard, but it, it you know, it helped us learn like, okay, what, you know, how can we, you know, how complicated should it be or what, what you know, what, what key should it be in and who should sing the lead and like, can I double this or whatever? Like, those were all things that sort of came from doing it. You know, like I said, being on stage, you know, a thousand times, you're kind of like, you're just going to get better at, at doing it, you know? A lot of people seem to think that the more like, you get paid by the harmony, you know, it's almost like everything has to be har harmonized. And 
And then it, I, th- I think throughout the many different phases of David's arrangements, um, gang vocals, you know, it's like, it's beautiful at a perfectly timed moment to have gang vocals. And, and you don't need to have harmony all the time, you know? And uh, it's that variety, I think, which is, uh, which kind of, and, and it's, it's actually really nice because uh, we've talked, David and I talked about this a lot, just that choir, choir, choir kind of has its own sound. Even though we're singing songs by other people, we have a kind of a style that is, that I think is is unique to us, which I which I love. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's true, and I th- also think that like, I mean, certainly for myself, like trying to lead people singing in the way that I would sing. Like, I think a lot of people that lead choirs, either they're, I mean, they sing, but they sing in a more tradi- like again the lead the the people who conduct the choir or lead the choir are much more. They sing much more traditionally. Either they've maybe been in choirs. Or kind of, I don't come from that perspective at all. Like so. When people start singing in that way, I'm like, you need to stop singing like that. No one wanted to hear, no one wants to hear Fleetwood Mac Dream sung in a choral, no, like no one wants, to, I mean, maybe they want to hear it in some settings, but like that song wouldn't have been a hit if they, like one of the jokes is we'll see, people will start singing like, thunder only happens. And I'm like, if you, if the song had initially be sung that way, you wouldn't know the song because it wouldn't have been a hit. So try to sing it like they sing it. Sing unto others as you'd have them sing unto you. Singing from singing from your heart, yeah. Right. Well, we also say like like a you're not teaching anybody how to speak English when you're singing because usually we do English songs, and you're not you're not uh, reciting Shakespeare. Like That's right. loosen up. People are just ready to stand on ceremony too much. It's like they're doing something wrong or right, or you know they they get to figure it. It's just like let it go for a while. Just figure it out. You'll find your voice. You know, and I. I you know, we'll we'll do all kinds of weird techniques. Like I'll I'll will get on stage and I'll say, okay, pretend you're a Japanese businessman and you barely open your mouth to speak and you're just speaking like this, you know. Which is what I remember living in Japan when I was 18 years old, you know. <laughs> and like, you just try different things to get people out of their routine um, of of over enunciation. <laughs> and also, I think that gives it a real stamp of kind of kind of humanity as well. You know, when 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 we listen to your arrangements, it just sounds like a, a group of people singing. In the best possible sense, like there's there isn't the affectations. There's not the kind of trappings of style or a whole two hundred, three hundred year history of a particular style. You know, like I I came to singing lead in very much the same way. Like, you know, I grew up playing guitar in bands and playing trombone in big bands, and then I kind of just found that I loved leading singing, and so I don't kind of feel I carry any of that baggage with me as well. Like I don't feel I have to impart a particular tradition on people, and I think that can be really liberating. I think that I think another thing with songs and because we've done so many songs and these songs matter so much to, I mean you know 90% of the songs we've done matter a lot to me and to Nobu but you know but like one of the things to work through also was like you have certain songs that people know so well they have a very specific idea of how it should be sung or there's a specific part in the song you know that they're like oh this is like the part of the song that matters the most and it's like yeah but you can't sing that part the way Cindy Lauper sings it because you're not Cindy Lauper and you're never going to be Cindy Lauper so let's try to find another way to make it a choir 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 version of what we do and maybe it'll feel weird to like take that part out or change it at first but once we sing it a few times you'll see that it works and like that that kind of 
took a while. Like Nobu is an example. Like we both are huge Elliot Smith fans and Nobu just always had this block where like every time we do an Elliot Smith song, Nobu's like, it has to be sung in this like weird little voice with this guy who like is about to kill him. It has to be sung that way. And you're like, it doesn't have to be sung that way. Like no one else would sing it that way. So why do we have to sing it that way? That's how he sings it. We're not him. Well, even, even at our weeklies, like, you know, it seems obvious to do the weight by the band. You know, it's like that song, everyone thinks like, oh, that, you got to do the wait. You know, how, how come you guys haven't done the wait yet? And then we did the wait, and it was a really hard night because it, when you listen to that song, you really listen to that song, every verse is sung a little bit differently. Right. And that is so hard, as you must know, um, you know, running running choir events that, you know, you don't want to have to teach like... Yeah, you don't want to spend half the night just it, teaching it, all the inflections that were sung once by one person. Oh. It's exactly, so it's 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 so hard, and 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 so like we can also you know break down an arrangement and kind of get a sense of just how long it's going to take us to teach it based on the number of things that we have to teach. You know, you can kind of do a tally before. But but sometimes we'll totally get it wrong. There's times where we're on oh, stage yeah. and it'll be like we'll be like oh this like this bridge or the sec the pre-chorus after the that's what's going to be hard this transition there's like a key it's like a, you know and then the, the low harmony is really tough like that's going to be a while because <laughs> i could just imagine we can kind of try to be like nostradamus and be like that's where it's going to be difficult and then we'll be doing this song where we didn't even see and then it'll be like we'll be fucking doing like the first line of the song and like they're not getting it i'm like we didn't budget for this line to take this long. Like we are in a lot yeah, exactly. of trouble if this is taking a long time and then we'll get to that part that we thought would be hard and they'll just breeze through it. I'm like, how did we miss that? Why did we, you yeah. know, like we're not always right about what. <laughs> yeah, we're not always funny. right. God, in those in those moments when when something hits you unexpected that a, a real problem, I just want to just walk off stage and just walk out the door yeah. and just like, we're sweating, just leave like, with, the, with no at explanation at all. Just like go for a drink at a different bar. <laughs> Tumbleweed. The bars used to be so hot. I remember nights at the Colonel would be just like no one. I would be our shirts would be soaking wet and soaking wet and just like the room is packed and we're, we have to get it and everyone's like oh my god what this is supposed to be fun like why are we doing this like. And I remember the first those week. Are, those are the early days. Early days. And then I remember we chose to do Toto Africa, which of course is an <laughs> epic jam and one of the greatest pop songs ever written. And we just, I remember like talking to Nobu and being like, why don't we do Toto Africa? He's like, okay, that'll be fun. I'm like, I think I have an idea of like where we, with this and that. And he was like, what song do we pair it with? Because we used to do two songs a night. I remember being like, what, what song should we do with it? And I was like, let's just do, if we can just do that song, that's enough for a week. And we did it. And if, again, that video, the joy in that room on that video, like is just unbelievable. It's extreme. It's just, oh, extreme. it was such a again, great night. Yeah, I'd encourage people listening to go and check out the uh, Quai 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 YouTube uh, channel for just 100% joy. Um, who, whose idea was it? Where did the idea come from to record the performances? Because I mean, that's, I mean, that's been huge for you guys, right? I mean, the is, am I right in thinking your Alleluia video with uh, Rufus Wainwright is 11 million? Is that your, your biggest video? Definitely yeah. the biggest yeah. video. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I think that that we initially started recording just the audio. Um, it was mostly early days was a way to just share it with the people who, who were there more so you know, yeah. than anything else. I have a background in television, uh, been sort of in front and behind the camera for that's sort of been my my career up until this uh, choir 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 thing, and so 
Um, so in terms of editing and shooting and directing and producing that kind of stuff, I would definitely have always looked th that, and it just became more sophisticated as we as we went along. And then we, you know, um, you know, using the the Hallelujah example that you know we paired, collaborated with other you know friends of ours, our friend Byron and his team, and various different production teams, you know, um, to to do to to achieve even like more more thoughtful mm, um, yeah video videos. But but I definitely we definitely wanted every weekly you know every tuesday we would we would record a video every tuesday we definitely wanted that kind of record to 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 go there and it was really fun to you know we would do uh, um first at first it was just a, st a one camera one shot the early early videos and then we started editing videos doing different angles and it was just a way to highlight more of the faces in the room mm. and try to translate that energy that's happening in this small bar in toronto uh to the world and and then we were able to share what we were doing with everybody. And so it's just so much fun adding the layers to it. But it happened organically because I think about it. It's like I remember yeah. we, we, about four four months in, like maybe this was like in July, there was a CBC, like a Canadian Broadcasting Corporation show called uh, Cover Me Canada that was like the show about people doing covers of songs. I mean, they picked like four or five iconic Canadian songs, whether it was Gordon Lightfoot and Joni Mitchell and, you know, whatever and Brian Adams and and uh, someone had suggested you guys should try out for this show because we had you know a group of like 50 people that got together every week and we did this thing and we had a SoundCloud page so it was just audio and they were like you should try out for the show and you had to submit a video to the CBC of yourself singing a song so we decided let's I we said let's do Run to You by Brian Adams and we recorded it and we had to shoot a video and that was the first video really that was intentionally shot by us to send in and the, that was and it kind of like in Toronto kind of went viral. Like it kind of got a few thousand views. We were like, wow, like 10,000 people have watched this video. Like that seems like basically everyone that we knew had seen that video, you know, in downtown Toronto and then and then some. And like, that was that. I remember then at holiday time, we had a video we were doing last Christmas and this, this uh, photographer, they know named Amanda Palmer, she said, can I do a video for the Globe and Mail, like a national newspaper of you guys singing last Christmas? And we, she was like, I'll come in and I'll shoot it. And we were like, awesome. Like she brought, I think maybe she had a couple of cameras and she and she edited this video together in black and white of us singing last Christmas. And no one, I just watched it and we were like, oh my God, like this is like, we need to, we definitely need to continue recording videos. So then by the time I got to the second year, we really started recording a lot. And then I think part of what makes me, I've said this many times, most proud of Choir, Choir, Choir is that because it, it took a while to get to where it was, there was a period like a couple of years in, maybe like 2013, 2014, where I would watch our videos and I would look for other people in the world. I was, I would, I was, we were just getting a lot of attention. I remember looking, scouring the internet for like other videos like what we were doing and I couldn't find them. And I'm like, if they existed, I'd be able to find them. Like I would spend hours, like just like not, I mean, whatever I would spend, it doesn't take that long. I would just look and I was like, yeah. I remember saying to Nobu one day, I'm like, I really think that like, there's no one else. I figured like in London or in Tokyo or in New York, someone's doing what we do in this way. And I realized that like, we kind of have, are doing something that there, I don't think there's anyone else in the world doing this. And then, of course, now the subsequently there are that have taken, you know, now that we're doing big shows, they're like, we'll do a show with a thousand people. But like, that was so far that like we've been doing it for like five years before that stuff started happening. You know, it, it really happened naturally for us. It was it was, you know, if, if you can kind of like imagine, you know, you know, a kind of a, uh, a night that is 
that is loosely run, you know, by these two guys who don't seem fit to run a choir on stage, and it's just all these laughs. And at the end of the night, um, I would download the the uh, video card from from our friend Tim, who would be shooting the video. Um, I would I would email David the the audio uh, that we would record with four different microphones into one of our computers, and then um, he would sometimes he would send me the he would mix the audio when right when he got home. Um, and I would edit the video that night, and we something would be up like a couple hours <laughs> after hours a choir night, you know. And like we, you know, and I, we wouldn't be super precious about you know the early videos. It's like they didn't have to be you know um, broadcast ready or perfect in every way. It was about just getting them up, and it, the the reactions like people would stay up late to see if we'd be able to get the video out. And it's just like that kind of energy. It's yeah. just so, um, it's so real. And, and it's just people enjoying and being proud of, 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 of what they did and they accomplished. And then they'd share it with their friends and family. And then that really like set like a whole chain reaction, you know, that was really inspiring. And, and so for those people who were singing, they've got this kind of beautiful memento of that night. They can, you know, they can see themselves. They can hear what it sounded like. They've got that forever. I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. But then at the same time, you know, people are then watching these videos who've never been to a show who might be on, you know, on a different continent. And they're probably there thinking, I want to be part of that. Like, I want to, you know, I want to feel what those people are feeling. Like, you know, have you had people coming to your shows, like, who've kind of gone through that process, who've, who've been, you know, oh, yeah. on a different part of the world and just wanted to kind of make, make that pilgrimage to come to one of your shows? Definitely. People have flown in. People have flown in from all over the world, um, and they make themselves known. So we get to talk to them. You know, at, at a choir show, you know, you could be at the back of the room one minute, and the next minute you're on stage. Uh, we're, be, we're interviewing you. You know, in mm -hmm. in just just to, just a chat and just to get the and the room loves it. You know, um, and uh, there was a guy who drove from San Francisco, you know, to Toronto to uh, to be part of it more than once actually. Uh, people have come from all over. It's 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 pretty wild. It's we amazing. routinely do shows. I remember we did that show in New York a few years ago, Nobu, and that that woman was there. She was quite young, and she had oh, come right. from Mexico from City Mexi by herself Mexico. to come to. She's like, yeah. I saw you guys were playing in yeah. New York, and I came to the show. I was like, that's crazy. You flew here from Mexico City just for this, and then the pressure then to be like, and it, I remember it wasn't even really a great night. Like I remember it was like not a great night. I was like, I feel bad. Should we do like another night tomorrow for her because she came all this way, you know? And like when she we came, do shows, she came, she came, she came to Toronto too. Did she come to Toronto? Yeah. And we'll we'll do shows. People will drive. Like we'll we'll, we'll be in you know wherever you know Charlotte. Charlotte, uh, you know, in the Carolinas and people, this group of like four ladies will come to us like, we just drove seven hours to come to the show and then uh, can we get a picture with you? And we're like, I, I, it's hard to even say thank you for someone who comes yeah. that far because they've been watching the videos and they just want to just for once at least to be with us in the room and seeing, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's definitely. It's very humbling. Yeah. Yeah. Say. It's, yeah. it, it, it gives me chills just thinking about it, that, you know, that we could be part of somebody's adventure, you know, and, and then they come to, you know, in the case of people coming to Toronto, then, then, then they have a whole room of people giving them tips on what they should do in the city, you know, uh, they, mm -hmm. they instantly have like 50 new friends, you know, it's, it's quite wild. When I'm able to, I'll be there. I'll be there making the pilgrimage. <laughs> yeah. um, well, where so, are you located? I'm in, I'm in Wales. So I'm in, yeah, I'm in the oh, hills okay. in North Wales in the UK. 
So I was going to well, come to your show in London, but that doesn't really seem like much of an effort, really, compared to, you know, <laughs> some of the people have been doing. Yeah, so I'm about an hour from Liverpool, which is great. So I can, where I live at the, the top of the top of the mountain, you can look over across and you can see Liverpool, which is great. So, yeah, Liverpool's kind of like my musical home, I guess. Nice. Um, so the 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 live shows are paused at the moment. Um when uh, we're able to come together to sing again in the room, what what are your what are your kind of aspirations? What's on the choir 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 bucket list? Maybe initially it's just to be able to actually sing together. But um... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to start with a with a ten minute scream. You know, every show for the first year after the lockdowns are lifted. It's been tough because like we were we were just I just we were you know we've been working so long at this project and just like the first couple of months of twenty twenty were quite successful for us and we were just really confident and on stage i thought we were noble and i were so good together on stage and doing you know the shows were getting bigger and 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 just we were pulling them off and really fun and we have other things on the go and just for it all to end it was just so disheartening it was very tough for the first few months of the lockdown over the last few years we've developed sort of for our touring shows uh themed shows like an 80s night or a Fleetwood Mac night or an ABBA night, you know, and we'll sing through, you know, hits and and then focus on one song to to bring the arrangements into it. But it's like there's visual elements on a screen, you know, and um, as we're playing sort of bigger venues and and putting on a show, you yeah, know, it's like a real more of a show. show, yeah, right. You know, starting off with lyric videos even before we're on stage, like little showbiz moments. But still that, try to make it that, feel like a hang. It's still just a. It's oh, still absolutely. Just a fun it's, hang. it's not like a, it's it's always going to be us. Like I feel like it's through our filter, so it, it it feels organic always, even if we're in like a. A huge venue um and so you know we some of those shows have not run their course yet so we want to get those out and 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 going again and we wanted to and we've talked about developing more of those shows you know and um it, it, we're also what's what's quite wild is that um we were we were given the green light on a television show um right at the outset of the pandemic so because um, it's kind of a natural thing to 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 take cameras around to certain uh, events that we're doing already. Like when we went down to San Diego, and David was on the American side, and I was on the oh, Mexican oh, side. That was and so there's a border, powerful. Border, oh my goodness! The border walls between us. Yeah. And and you know, like four hundred of people on on either side, and singing with a little help from my friends by the Beatles. You know, that's that trip is so mind blowing on so many levels and and that's speaking to what it was exactly what was happening in the moment in 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 the world um and that that experience was an episode of a television show it could have been you know mm -hmm. so it'll also give us an opportunity let's hope fingers crossed that it, it happens that um we can create moments and 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 use the television show as an opportunity to to engineer events and figure out events um, that can you know do something for communities and 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 send messages out to the world and and unify people. Um, so that's one thing that I'm really excited about exploring because even though it's 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 part of our world, we really have no idea how it's going to really work, mm -hmm. and that's exciting. Um, and then there's the touring shows that you know we're gonna we continue to develop. We have so many different ideas, um, and. Uh, I don't know what else, David. What else are we, we come to do? Wales? Do an episode could be we come to Wales and try to teach oh, yes, people please. how to sing a soup. 
a super furry animal song, uh, you know, from, from, that, from that one record we had, they have, which is just like three N's and a G or something. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> do, you, do you know the song uh, Juxtaposed With You by the super furry animals? Uh, what record is that on? I don't know. You got to tolerate all the people that you... That would make a great choir song. I bet people say that to you all the time. You should do I mean, they're a, great, they're, they're, they're a great, they're a great band. They're incredible. Yeah. The, the thing about what the, was really fun about the collaboration between David and I is that there really is no end to the brainstorming, you know? And so if we collectively feel like it's got something that will satisfy us and satisfy other people, we're, we're always jotting down little ideas of what we can do, you know? And I think one of the hard things about the pandemic has has been feeling like we can kind of keep that momentum up, you mm-hmm. know, because everything is so opaque these days and um, and we're without momentum um, on some level or at least the kind of momentum we had before. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I know that once we see the uh, more, more light in this sort of situation, you know, our brains will, will just be overactively thinking up of fun things to do. Yeah. And I, do you know what? I think the be people more than ever will be just craving this. There'll be, you know, the connection, the community, all the things that we've been talking about today, the release, the 10 minutes of screaming. You're going to be doing an important <laughs> public service, you guys. We hope so. Well, you know, I hope so. I mean, it, it's, you know, we, we, uh, of course, like everybody else, we've gone online during uh, the pandemic. And, and even that, you know, even... You know, we've a we've been able to reach an audience. Tons of people who have seen our videos over the years can finally join us. And I don't know why we didn't think about that. You know, pre-pandemic, I think we were just busy in real life. But um, it's been really amazing to see how even people texting each other or comments on you know YouTube lives or Facebook lives, how that creates community. It's right. like that connection. And and uh, in the case of like the um, you know sort of addressing something you were saying earlier, it's like what singing does is it creates a level playing field, right? It creates a comfortable, safe space uh, for people. And then in that space, if people have varying ideas about whatever, opinions about what any, any, any subject, it, it kind of creates a, a safe place for, to have those conversations that could be really difficult if they were being had on Twitter, for instance, you know? And, um, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about creating those spaces again. And I'll be excited to be there when I can be. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm creating a, a playlist for guests on the podcast uh, for one track, one kind of vocal performance, one song, whatever you want to call it. Um, so can I add a track for one each for David and Nobu? What would it be? I know it's, it's a hard ask. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, know, I, I, sh- I should. Me, I should have asked I'm you beforehand. To... It's a terrible question. To ask. <laughs> now, now I, I can think of like a hundred songs. I mean, a, a song that I never get tired of hearing is not a song that I would necessarily ever do in a choir situation. But uh, Nina Simone singing "I Want Some Sugar in My Bowl." Uh, it's, it's a song that's almost like a like a feature length film to me, and. Uh, and the longing and the passion and the anguish uh, is very much uh, relates to how I feel these days of of not being able to have what I want <laughs> in so many regards, and Nina Simone just being um, to me the 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 queen of happy sad music, which is sort of my favorite genre of music and just an important figure in in the world in the history. 
Beautiful. Yeah. So that's um, my choice. And I'll pick, I guess a, a song that would be nice to play, I guess, would be maybe uh, Just Now by uh, John Martin. Uh, I just, John I, Martin. I'm not to get Beautiful. To, you, you picked two, two of my favorite songwriters. I knew I liked you guys. <laughs> I, I did a pilgrimage to John Martin's house in Hastings. I was on tour and we were playing in Hastings and I went and found the little, the little terraced house where he, where he lived. Incredible. I mean, he's just incredible. And, you know, the relationship between him, him and Nick Drake, you know, I can't listen to Solid Air without it kind of making me kind of sad. And I'm a huge Nick Drake fan. I still, oh, yeah. I get so sad that he only has three albums. And I'm like, that's it. Like, he couldn't, like, he's the, pr he, he's the prince of happy sad. But just like the fact that he has three albums that are just so great and there's nothing yeah. else. And I listen to John Mar I, I, my, and I have a son who's, will, will be three in April and he's just, very into music and and i listen to john martin with him all the time and like you know i always feel like i'm in a i put his music on and i sit with my son it makes me feel like i'm in a in, in one of the in a what's that television show just like us no whatever whatever, whatever. I, mean, I feel like i'm in an episode of a tell like uh, uh, the end of a movie where the father's sitting with the son the music plays in the back it really just sets yeah. this mood and may may you never was written for his son wasn't it is that right i don't know yeah i, I don't think know but so. i watched that there's a great video from old gray whistle test of John Martin playing that song, or maybe at rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's all, and he plays that. It's just him and the guitar, and it's just, it's, there's not many great recordings of him that you can find on YouTube, but that one is unbelievable. And it's just, I'm glad at least there's that um, to watch. And I watch it with Arlie, and he loves it. Um, thank you so much for everything today. There's just one more question I want to ask, which you, again, you can answer individually or collectively. You can go with the choir, choir, choir line. The, what I'm trying to do, I guess, with, with the, the podcast is to kind of open up the conversation around singing, you know, a lot of the things that we've talked about today. Um, but if there was like a life lesson that, that, you know, being part of Choir, Choir, Choir has taught you, like what life lesson has singing and or being a facilitator of singing taught you guys? Uh, that's an easy one for me. Um, you know, being in, in, in and around performance my whole life, um, you know, I went to theater school and the, the, probably the most important lesson in all those things, besides a lot of technical things is to listen. And it's one of the hardest things to do as a performer, uh, cause you have to be so rooted and so present and it's hard to maintain that, that focus and the regularity of, of, at least from the performance perspective for, for David and I just being out in front of people again and again and again for 10 years so many times some some weeks five nights a week um has been about listening and um and it's made me a, a much better performer a much better i guess leader um of of a, of a group and i think it also relates to when we were first starting choir 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 a lot of people would give us advice um, you know, uh, as a conductor, because my hands, my arms were kind of like a boneless chicken. I didn't know what to do with my arms, you know, and because I'd never conducted before. And a friend of mine sort of explained the idea of the beat plane, you know, where you where you you create an imaginary line so people can kind of feel where they got to come in. And 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 then another another piece of advice was from our friend Rebecca, who I can't remember where she heard this, but it was the idea that if you're singing in a choir. And you can't hear the people on either side of you. You're singing too loudly. And that's right back to listening. Right. And so I feel like being in a choir uh, situation um, makes you more sensitive to the people around you and makes you connect deeper to them by listening. And that's probably the greatest 
lesson I've learned. I mean, what the, the, what I've real what I mean, I, singing for me has always been kind of cathartic. I mean, I've been singing my whole life. I, I, I and uh, I just think that in terms of like a choir or the or you know if people just think about whether they might want to go to a night like this or something where, where they would be asked to sing around other people, like just being able to push through and just do it, whether you're alone or with someone, it's almost like, you, you know, you feel better after a good cry. Like after you cry, you, it releases, whether it's endorphins or whatever it is in your, into your body. And it makes you feel better to cry after you come out of that. And I think singing is, is, is uh, quite similar. If you have a good, sing like i can be feeling really crappy and pick up my guitar and just sing one song and try to give as much of myself to the performance as possible whether it's like being singing loudly or whether it's getting into the emotion of what i'm feeling and feeling softly it just it can really just shake things up emotionally for yourself and, and change your trajectory emotionally and i think that's super powerful and i think music has the ability to do that it's it's weird but it's so true and uh Certainly, we've seen it so many times. People walk into a choir, choir, choir night, and they're having the, I mean, we have it. We're having the worst day. And like, we do it every Tuesday. And how many nights we, neither of us wanted to go. We'd be like, oh, I don't want to go and, I don't want to go and do this now. And then you're on stage and you're like, we leave. And we're like, that was just what I needed. But I couldn't have seen that. Even though that's happened a hundred times, I still couldn't see that. And so I think just, you know, just sing, you know, just sometimes when you're feeling a certain way, just sing and maybe it'll, it'll shift your perspective on what's going on. Great advice. Just sing. Thank you so much to David and Nobu. That conversation was a complete joy and I hope it was for you too. And talking about joy, you really should check out these guys on YouTube if you haven't done already. So I've put three of their songs in the show notes. You can see Hallelujah with Rufus Wainwright. People Have the Power, which is their collaboration with Patti Smith. And Never Gonna Give You Up, of course, with Rick Astley. But there's loads more on there, so dig deep and enjoy. There's also a link in the show notes to our playlist, the podcast playlist, which includes the two choices by David and Nobu, two of my absolute favourites, I've got to say, and also songs chosen by other guests in this series. And if you haven't checked out other episodes, then please do. Like David and Nobu, I'm trying to spread the good word about singing and how it can have such a positive impact on all of our lives, whoever we are. And so you can help me get the word out by sharing this podcast with friends and family, by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, and importantly, rating and reviewing if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It really does help get the word out. So please do join me next time on This Is Why We Sing. We have guests from across the singing world with their insights and their inspiration because I believe truly that life is better when we're singing together. So until next time, take care.